Introduction and Preface to the Complete Works of Brand the Iconoclast, Volume 1, by William Cowper Brand, published 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones. Brand the Iconoclast, Volume 1, Publisher's Note. In putting into permanent form the complete works of William Cowper Brand, 21 years after his death, the sole purpose of the present publishers is to preserve in its entirety the genius of a writer whose work, though produced under the stress of journalism, is destined to endure as literature. Upon the issues discussed by Brand, the publishers take no sides. They do not stand as sponsors for, nor do they desire to appear in the light of either approving or disapproving his opinions or methods. They were friends and neighbors of many years' standing of the men and institutions mentioned in Brand's writings, but were in no way involved in the bitter controversies and deplorable events which led to Brand's untimely and dramatic death. The plan and arrangement of this twelve-volume set of Brand is simple. The first volume is composed of articles of various length, gathered from miscellaneous sources, and includes some of the better-known articles from The Iconoclast. Volumes 2 to 11 inclusive are the files of the iconoclast from February 1895 to May 1898 inclusive, with the matter arranged approximately as it appeared in the original publication. Volume 12 contains a history of Brand's death and various biographical and critical articles from the press of the day, together with those of Brand's speeches and lectures which have been preserved. At the close of Volume 12, you will find a complete index of subjects and of titled articles for the entire twelve volumes. End of Publisher's Note Preface by Milo Hastings As I read the proofs of the last of these volumes, wherein is told the story of Brand's death, my cup of joy of love's labor is embittered with the gall of an impotent, futile rage against the sore that flings with mocking hand the seed of genius and reckons not where it falls. The germ of such a life as Brand's we can but accept in worshipful, unquestioning gratitude, for the process of its spawning is too entangled to unravel but of the environment of his life we cannot refrain from rebellious questioning, appreciative though we be of that which was, and of our heritage of the unquenchable spirit that is and shall be, as long as our language shall last. Genius he is, this only brand we have, genius audacious, defiant, and sublime, whose stature, Though his feet be on the flat of the brazos bottom, towers effulgent over those effigies 
placed on pedestals by orthodox popularity and sickly lighted by professional praise nor is my anger born of the fact that bran as warped by his environment of time and place wasted thought on free silver economics spent passion on prohibition and negro criminals lavished wrath on provincial preachers and local politicians or alloyed his style by the so-called vulgarities which alone could shock into attention the muddle-headed who paid his printer's bill for the privilege of seeing barnyard phrases and dunghill words in type all this i can conceive may have been the particular combination of circumstances that were needed to bring to flower a germ of genius that had it been planted in last century's boston might have given us but another harvard classic or environed in this century's greenwich village only another free versifier of souls a jaunt amid psychoanalytics and parlor bolshevism the slouch-headed gun-toting beer-drinking woman-worshipping man-baiting brand of texas may have been the particular and only brand to have developed the colossal courage and fighting fearlessness that gave his poet's soul the reach and stature the strength and vigor to raise himself above the mere music of his words brand as he was when he heard the shot that killed him i can accept and proclaim as being beyond the need and reach of apology or regret but what of the brand that would have written on throughout the twenty-one years that have since elapsed and that we would have with us still at the prime age of sixty-four had brand lived we would have had the product of eight times the period of his writing life that was and an added quality born of riper experience more momentous themes more leisure for deliberate composition we should have heard the man who against petty politicians and occasional pugilists out thundered carlyle turned his roaring guns against the blood-guilty heads that bade wholesale rape and gaunt hunger stalk rampant in a gory world it is as if hugo had written hans of iceland and no les miserables as if napoleon the lieutenant of artillery had but stopped the mobs in the streets of paris and austerlitz and waterloo had never been the world has not always profited by its martyrdoms samson old and blind toppled down the temple and the philistines that he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life not so bran his death was as tragic and pitiable as the charge of the light brigade the sacrifice of men at the sunken road of ohain waste futile and planless mere howling empty chaotic waste for no purpose under heaven but to serve as food for idle fancies as to what might have been such to me is the death of bran and my throat chokes with sorrow and my soul is sick with vain despair bran's contribution to literature is the product of less than three years of writing time there were previous years of yearning and dreaming 
while he fretted beneath the yoke of galling servitude to newspaper editors unworthy to loose the latchets of brand's shoes his own paper the iconoclast in which he first found freedom for utterance and from which ninety-eight per cent of this present edition is derived ran for just forty months and for six or eight months of this period brand was on lecture tours during which time his paper was largely filled with outside contributions that a magazine could succeed at all in waco is one of the seven wonders of the literary world that a magazine so located and written by one man having but a paltry advertising patronage no illustrations no covers could in three years time rival the circulation of any magazine then published is as much a miracle as the parting of the red sea waters or the bountiful persistence of the widow's oil it is on this three years work that brand's fame must rest barring a few poets the literary colossi have seldom had less than the work of a score of years on which to base their claims for greatness goethe hugo tolstoy mark twain each wrote for more than fifty years but greater range of variety and distance as well as span of time contributed to their product they travel up and down the world of men mingled with many races sailed seas climbed mountains lived in metropoles and dined with princes brand's most notable personal acquaintances were country town editors and provincial politicians very like the ilk of a hundred other states and provinces in the raw corners of the world he lived and died in that stale flat and literarily unprofitable expanse of prairie between lake michigan and the rio grande where man's most pretentious achievement was the eads bridge at st louis nature's most spectacular effort the ozark mountains and literature's most worthy resident representative william marion reedy so environed in a time when the bicycle marked the acme of progress and bryan could be a hero in a flat-roofed texas town whose intellectual glory was a baptist college and whose answer to arguments ropes and revolvers brand wrote for only three years and wrote as shakespeare wrote unmindful alike of critics binders and bookworms only by the doubtful faith that men are made by their adversity can we reconcile our charge against the sower who cast the seed of genius to fall on such barren ground amid the stones of a sterile time and the briars of bullet-answering bigotry but vain are the might-have-beens and fortunate are we to have as we have the stuff out of which far-ringing fame resounds unto generations when teeth are no longer set on edge when men will have forgotten the taboos of a little day and the dust of our miss grundies will be weeds to choke the freedom of grass 
the copies of the iconoclast bred in their day till worn to tatters were ill adapted to preservation it were futile to look for them in libraries for bran was about as welcome in those formal repositories of the proper in literature as matches in a powder mill so far as they are aware the file of the iconoclast possessed by the present publishers and from which this edition is reproduced is the only complete file in existence for twenty years this priceless literary heritage has been waiting precariously subjected to the vicissitudes of earthly circumstance like a lone great manuscript within the cloister of a medieval monk brand's work might have perished utterly soon after its creation like a song of magic music held but fleetingly within the heart that heard it but the blood of ink now flows again through the multiplying presses and the flaming phrases of the iconoclast shot like shafts of gold from over the mountains of el dorado by the sun of genius still alive and will endure again the million words leap from the yellowed pages like tongues of fire and beauty and ten thousand voices will cry and sing again before the hearths of those who once knew and loved the waco iconoclast and will sing and cry in the homes of their children and their children's children who will read and acclaim bran as a god whose name is writ for ever in the stars these facts are here set down that they who read in days to come may marvel as i do now that two score issues of a provincial paper should consistently contain such a freight of imperishable literature revealing a learning positively prodigious a style that flows with a sonorous majesty and crashes with a vitriolic and destroying power a lavish richness in a figurative language a beauty of aeolian harps of sapphire seas of the flushed and ardent splendor of poetic nights whence came the towering intellect the wealth of knowledge the mastery of words the music of style the diapason of feeling it could only come from the sources that are available to any american who can read the most formal aid that could have contributed is the free shelves of the st louis public library the miracle of brand's growth and flowering is more marvelous than that of poe less explainable than that of shakespeare that brand knew the literary classics of the world is obvious from his every line but unless we invent some theory of universal telepathy to have wafted inspiration to waco from all the canonized dead from homer to carlyle we can only conceive that brand derived his knowledge and his power without encouragement and without guidance by poring over the printed page in lonely hours bitterly wrested from the wolf of poverty that for forty years held mortgaged on his time what he possessed 
however got, was a combination of all those recognized elements of literary greatness, except one thing. He heeded not the warning of cultured mediocrity that commands most writers what to leave unsaid. Brand left nothing unsaid, and because of that fact was locked out of colleges, libraries, encyclopedias, and halls of fame, where other writers waste half their energies in deciding what may be written brand gave his full energy to writing what he thought whereas in all things else he matched and equaled others in this one fact of absolute audacity and complete freedom from fear he outmatched all and so closed the pedant's mouths of praise colossal crude terrible and sublime Bran opened the ears of the people by the mighty power of his untamed language, by the smashing fury of his wrath of words. From the point of disadvantage of the little country town lost in the immensity of the Texas prairie, Bran saw the world and saw it with the blazing eye of righteous wrath. He saw the sins of high society in New York and London, the rottenness of autocracy in Russia, the world war boiling beneath the surface in the cauldron of Europe's misery. But he saw also, with mingled humor and anger, the trivial passing events of his own state and nation, and the local affairs of his home town. Of all these things, great and small, he wrote with equal fervor, equal venom, and equal power. Today the war is fought, the czar is dead, free silver is forgotten, and the local animosities that Brand brewed in his own state live only in the memories of a few old men. With the roll of the years, the perspective of time, like a low-swung sun, cast the mountain's shadow ever further across the valley. And Brand, the Waco journalist, has become Bran the American genius. No matter how dead the issues, how local to time and place the characters of which he wrote, his writing is literature and the imperishable legacy of the world. The biblical story of Joseph would be equally great if his name had been Fu Chao and Pharaoh had been the Emperor Wu Wang Wang. Hamlet would be immortal if his name were L. Percy Smith, and his uncle was a pork packer in Omaha. The prodigal son has no name. The swine he fed knew no country. Particular names, local places, and passing forms and institutions are not the essence of literature. For those who formerly read Brand in the iconoclast, he was a Texas journalist in the free silver days. But for those who shall read his work in these days, after the World War, New York might as well be Babylon, Mark Hanna, Hammond, and the files of the iconoclast, clay tablets dug from the ruins of some long-buried Waco of the Euphrates Valley. It is only the transcendent genius who can afford to be careless of the preservation of his product. 
Socrates merely talked to chance disciples in the groves of Athens. Other men wrote and preserved his words. Shakespeare wrote plays for his current theatrical business. Others gathered and printed his manuscripts. While he lived, Brand's writings never saw the dignity of a cloth-bound book. They were not written for carefully edited, thrice-proofread, leather-bound volumes, but ground out for the unwashed hand of a Waco printer's devil, done into hastily set type and jammed between badly set beer ads and patent medicine testimonials on a thin, little job-press sheet that could be rolled up and stuck through a wedding ring. Brand's range of literary form was limited by his single avenue of publication through the columns of a one-man paper and varied from the ten-word epigrams of Salmagundi to the ten-thousand-word article or published lecture. Within this range is evidenced at least three distinct types of literary composition. First and foremost in volume and effect is the philippic or iconoclastic article mingling in varying proportions the resounding musical cadences of Ingersollian oratory and the pungent, audacious epigrammatic twists on which Hubbard, with cleverer salesmanship, built a more profitable, if not more noble, fame. It was the destroyer, the iconoclast, that Brand best saw himself. To this role he devoted a great preponderance of his time and talent. But there is another Brand, unknown to many who have conceived him only as an idol smasher, an apostle of the devil, an angry Christ driving out the defilers of the temple with a lash of scorpions' tails. Brand the poet, the lover of beauty, speaks even amidst the ruins of the houses of hypocrisy and shame which he has wrecked. There is scarce a page in all his writings in which sheer beauty does not stand out amid the ugliness of carnage and destruction, in which the strains of celestial music are not heard above the roar of earthly battle. But more than this, there are many articles that are wholly cut from a cloth of gold. Many of the finest of these gems of pure literature were omitted from the early and incomplete book publication of Brand, for the compilers who made that hasty and inadequate selection were too close to the bitterness of his death to see this other Brand. To cite from the first volume only. Where have you heard a more beautiful sermon from a Christian pulpit than charity or throwing stones at Christ? Can you find in prose or poetry more melody of language than in life and death? In all our countless volumes of fiction have you ever read a more wondrous tale than There Comes One After, or A Story of the Sea? To read only such as these is to know a very different brand from the author of the Bradley Morton Ball Mask or garters and amen groans. 
the brand who wrote life and death by that work alone wins to undying fame as surely as does gray by his elegy written in a country churchyard i have combed my memory in vain to match it from an american pen a few paragraphs from ingersoll a few pages from poe a few stanzas from whitman but make your own search and your own comparisons and if in your final ranking brand stands not among the titans who number less than the fingers on god's hand it will be because you cannot divorce the sublime beauty of life and death from the coyotes and the jackals that run rampant through the pages of brand the shocker of the thin of skin lastly consider brand the teller of stories for laughter and for tears some of these tales are allegories as universal to the life of man as pilgrim's progress elsewhere as in the fictional essay on the cow and in the delightful lies that bran in rollicking mischief attributed to his fellow texas journalists we find the humorous tale enriched with a bizarre and scintillating figure nor is bran unconscious of his fictional gift for he was working on a novel at the time of his death. That O. Henry's ambition to write may be accredited to the influence of Brand seems more than probable. Brand's first attempt to start the iconoclast was made in Austin, Texas, but this first paper survived only a few issues. O. Henry, then a drug clerk in Austin, being filled with literary aspiration, bought the press and the name of the iconoclast for two hundred and fifty dollars but o henry's iconoclast after two issues also ceased to flutter later when bran again accumulated the necessary funds to permit him to throw off the hireling's yoke he asked for and received back from o henry the legal right to the title of his own newspaper i relate this incident not to cast discredit upon o henry's originality his unique mastery of story structure was all his own but that richness of figurative speech particularly those exaggerated humorous metaphors which makes his every paragraph so delightful we may well believe to be an elijah's mantle fallen from the shoulders of bran and worn over a new tunic should any man create more than a rare few of the words he uses his speech would be as meaningless as the doctor of theology explaining the trinity likewise that subtle thing called style that revivifying of the dead ashes of dictionary words though more peculiar to the man is most potent when it borrows freely but wisely from all that has gone before stevenson read and confessed to deliberate practice work in imitation of the masters that preceded him so we know that bran read absorbed transmuted and transfigured the style of the classic writers and added a daring measure of reckless originality as bran read his homer and his carlyle his shakespeare and his ingersoll so hubbard and o'henry read their brand and hubbard specifically 
commends him to the would-be writer as Johnson recommended Addison. There is no oar that will essay more literary metal to the page than Brand. As a writer's writer, no man of our time surpasses him. His vocabulary is conceded, even by his most envious critics, to outrange that of any other American. His gift of figurative speech, that essential that distinguishes literature from mere correct writing, rivals that of any writer in any country, language, or time. Brand's compass of words, idioms, and phrases harks back to the archaic and reaches forward to the futuristic. If you wish merely to learn to appreciate literature so that you may nod approval in polite society when an accredited writer's name is mentioned, go to college and listen to the lectures of literary PhDs. But if you want to learn to write, take your Bible, your Shakespeare, and your brand, and hie you to your garret there to read, reread, study, memorize, and imitate if you can. And God be praised if you steal the best, and to it add somewhat of your own. Brand offends, shocks, and outrages, is suppressed, damned, forcibly ignored, and laboriously forgotten, because, though the lark sings in his words, the buzzard is on the wing. But Brand did not make the stench that offends the nostrils of the nice. He only stirred up the cesspools to let us know that they were there, and so enlist volunteers for their abatement. That riles the kept keepers of lesser fames, because they have agreed that the fine art of letters should be to spray the attar of roses to counteract the noisome smells of that which is rotten in the state of the world, where the many reek in sweat and filth and poverty, that the few may live in perfumed palaces. Many, many tekel uferison, shouted Brand, and died shouting, while the well-fed and fatted set on the lid to keep it down. But we who have lived to see the lid blown off Russia and feel the growl and grumble of the bowels of all the earth need not overstrain our ears to hear Bran laughing now in that good Baptist hell to which a bullet in the back gave him the passport. End of Introduction and Preface